Blog Talk Radio. This is Over the Top Sports Radio Show, hosted by Robbie D, Big Mike, and Vinny the Shark. What's up, everybody? Saturday morning edition of Over the Top Sports. It's Vinny the Shark alongside Big Mike. No goon, no Rob, but we will be joined later by former uh, HBO Original Series uh, Sopranos guest, uh, Joe Ganascoli. You would know him from, as Vito from The Sopranos, so we look forward to seeing him. He's a diehard Giants and Yankees fan, so... We all know what happened on Thursday, uh, NFL draft, uh, three rounds in the books. Uh, round one was quite a ride for us Giant fans, and let's just start right there. Big Mike, we did our draft special. This is not what we wanted to see happen. With the sixth overall pick in the NFL draft, the New York Giants selected quarterback Daniel Jones from Duke. Perfect, Vinny. He's perfect. I'm not really selling you too hard on this. He's not. He looks lost. He, but he fell in love. Here's Kim Jones asking him uh, about Daniel Jones. It's your job to win games and keep this guy off the field. And here's the last clip. Basically, I mean, you're right. He doesn't sell you hard on this kid at all, unfortunately. And then he goes right into, maybe we're going to just sit him for three years. But So is it a rebuild or not is basically what I'm getting at. Right. We were told it wasn't a rebuild, but maybe we'll sit him for three years or not. And uh, let's kick it right off with uh, Joe Ganascoli from The Sopranos. You know him as Vito, diehard Giant fan. Uh, Joe, thanks for joining us this morning. What would you think of the draft? You know, with any draft, it's three years before you know what uh, how it turned out. But what did you think of the pick of Jones at six? We had Josh Allen there. Everybody was expecting that uh, pass rusher. We all know how great the, def- the defensive class was to start the uh, early picks of the draft. And then he goes Daniel Jones, who a lot of people were expecting as maybe even a day two quarterback, but at least we could have done that in the 17th pick if you were scared of Washington trade up. What do you think of him going Jones? That was their guy at number six. When you saw it the break, you said, okay, you know, Allen or uh, White or uh, White. I'm I'm hearing feedback here. Is there any way to get rid of that? We're hearing you clear. Is that any better? Uh, Yeah, that's better. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's better. So, uh, after uh, Oakland, yeah, I'm still hearing it. You guys want to uh, get it together over there or what? <laughs> All right, let's see what we can do for you here. Sorry, Joe. What is it? A little echo? Yeah, it's like uh, you know, I'm hearing my uh, myself there. What are you doing? It's in your basement. All right. It might be from the echo for the Facebook listeners. That's why. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's better. All right, so anyway, it all set up right for the Giants to take Allen. Right? You had uh, Furl going to the uh, Oakland and then White to uh, 
Tampa Bay, which White right. was another guy uh, would have been great. But the Giants liked Jones all along. They probably didn't see them um, Jones better over the next year's class. I, I'm still hearing it, but I'm going to have to live with it. Okay. So, anyway, uh, they wanted, they knew that Miami needed a quarterback. The Bengals needed a quarterback. And uh, the Skins really liked him. So, they didn't want to take a chance, and they grabbed him. And what a, what better guy to learn on than Eli Manning? So, I'm fine with it. I mean, I was shocked at first. And then I understand why they did it. So, It'll either be Gettleman's greatest uh, get. Definitely something that's going to make or break Dave Gettleman as the Giants GM. Um, you don't think he was going to be there at 17? Because obviously Gettleman did not, and he was definitely scared of Washington. They let Dwayne Haskins go. He was ahead of a lot of people's draft boards. Uh, do you think there was any shot that they could have got him at 17, or you were very happy that was their guy, they stuck with him, and they went with him at six? If that's the guy that they truly wanted, they were feel, feel, uh, afraid of losing him, then, yeah, I'm glad they took him at six. Um, it seems to me that the Redskins settled. You know, if they really wanted him and then they settled for Haskins, I don't want to settle for Haskins. I like Jones over uh, Haskins. Um, you know, a lot of those TDs that he had were like little uh, screen passes. You know, those backs uh, helped him out a lot in Ohio State. Um and I like, uh, you know, Sherman is a quarterback's coach. And Cutliffe's had the Mannings. He's got great tutelage. He's got the tools. Uh, doesn't have a cannon for an arm. Accuracy is a little suspect. But he's got mobility, size, and uh, he's going to learn and will wait. I like starting Manning. I don't believe he should step right in. Let him learn on the Manning, get him in there like, you know, like Manning got it from Warner back in 04. Same thing with Manning. Hand it off to him, get him some real game action, and then uh, we'll see what we have in a couple of years. Is this fair to Eli Manning? He's been our starting quarterback for a long time, since 2004. And now we get the Daniel Jones pick. Uh, the Giants really in his latter years here haven't given him much of a chance to win with the offensive line, which they finally improved. Um, do you think it's not fair to Eli Manning that they're going to pretty much kick him out of the door now, maybe in the middle of the season? Kick him out of the door. He's 38. Uh, you know, uh, he, if he wins this year, if he steps up, and you saw some tape of him working out with his receivers, he looked great. If he's putting up the numbers, he's playing well. You have Manning uh, Jones sit. He's 21. If he sits until he's 23, who cares? If Manning goes this year or next year, I don't care. You got the quarterback of the future. So what's the problem? So we haven't talked to you in a while. And again, talking to Joe Ganescoli, Vito from Sopranos. Um, so let's get your thoughts on the whole Odell Beckham trade. Now that the, the picks are done, the trade is basically official. Uh, in your mind, was the trade worth it to move on from Odell Beckham? Well, just getting rid of Odell was worth it uh, in a sense. I know the guy is a great teammate and he loves to practice. But the camera's always going to be on him in Cleveland. Uh, uh, you know, it's just a distraction. Sign him the big contract, and he goes to whoever it was talking about Eli. He's just one of those guys that, you know, always going to be about him. So I'm glad he's done. Jabril Peppers, hopefully he'll be a player and uh, will ease the, uh, the landing loss. And uh, as a return guy, we got Dexter Lawrence out of the trade. He might be a monster in the middle. Maybe he could slim up a little. And um, I'm happy with the whole uh, Odell thing. I couldn't stand Odell since his second year. Yeah, he was definitely – he brought some sideline antics and definitely a little sideshow, but – the second pick with number 17, we all know the Giants have major, major holes with their defense. They traded Vernon. Now they literally have virtually no pass rush whatsoever. They take Dexter Lawrence at 17, who I think is a great player. Clemson, he was a hell of a player over there, ACC, All-Pro, blah, blah, blah. But we do have defensive tackles. If there's one thing we didn't need, was it was that position of D tackles between B.J. Hill, Dalvin Tomlinson. Dexter Lawrence, your thoughts on him at 17? Again, uh, you know, two down uh, – 
But, you know, they're not going to run up the middle on the Giants with uh, B.J. Hill. McIntosh, they let Terry Wynn go, so McIntosh now gets a shot. The kiddo Shane looks like he has the tools, the motor, the desire. Uh, he's got his head on straight. And, you know, you got to be lucky in the draft. Nobody knows nothing until these guys pan out. You know, so Ahmad Bradshaw was taken in the seventh right. round. You don't know. Let's see what they do today. They got six picks today. I'm hoping that they get a receiver that can help uh, forget Odell. Um, I'm hoping that, um, I think uh, Hakeem Butler. I mean, I love big receivers. I was hoping I love Plaxico. I love the Ramsey's Barden that never panned out. I like a bigger receiver that can go up and get it. It's hard to defend. So maybe they'll do something with the six picks move up because any one of those teams in front of us today could use a Hakeem Butler if they like him. If they really like him, I hope they go and get him. And uh, offensive line, obviously, right tackle we need bad. Uh, more secondary help, a linebacker. Six picks, maybe we can condense that into four or five and get uh, two plays that stay on the roster. Uh, I have a two-parter here for you. So now we've seen two years now with Gettleman and drafting and uh, going back, looking back, and you live in New York. It's been in the papers constantly. Manish Mehta writes about it daily, I feel like. Do you have any regrets with the Giants taking Saquon and not going for Sam Darnold? Not at all. Not at all. Saquon's a face of the Giants. Saquon's the face of the Giants, not Odell. Uh, Darno, again, these quarterbacks have got to go around two, three years before you see what they got. League figures them out, just like it is, just like pitches. Leagues figure them out. Um, and if he's good, he's good. I mean, but Saquon, you can't ask for more than what he did in his rookie year. I completely agree with you. The second part to that, then, as I mentioned, it's now – Gettleman again, second draft. Are you are you sold on him and convinced that he has a plan here? Well, he did all right in his drafts last year. His uh, free agents have missed. Right. Um, we're still going to have uh, some undrafted free agents to sign at 12 o'clock Sunday. And then I guess a lot of money's coming off the books next year. But I think he's done pretty solid with his draft. Let's see what he does with these uh, picks today. And um, yeah, I do believe he has a plan. And uh, I, again, I, I trust that the guys that know a lot more about football than me, that study football players, is scouting, and, and um, he did uh, uh, last year. He got uh, some very good players. So you know, I, I I'm, I, I'm I'm happy with Gettleman. I don't have a problem with him. All right, and, and I that's think kind that of an unpopular Green decision. Thing, but the whole Green Bay right. model thing is biding him some time. He says, I'm following the Green Bay thing. He's like, well, listen, I told you about the Green Bay thing. Let's give him five years. You know, two or three years on the Manning, two or three years uh, two years to see him I'm on his own. And, you know, not going to follow the Kansas City thing because then it would prove to be a bust. So, he has left. That, that's the way I feel why he threw that Green Bay thing in. Yeah, we'll see how that goes and when Daniel Jones comes in, how Eli does, how the team fares. It's finally a favorable schedule for once, but again, there's there's a lot of holes to fill, and uh, as, as many picks as we had in that draft, they're probably not going well, to solve all what, our problems what, what do you, there. What, what do you expect them to do this year? If for some reason well, really they get, the get into the playoffs, do you think they're going to go deep? Again. I think if they got – I think if they got Allen, and um, I think the offense is okay if they got an offensive lineman, maybe even at 17. But um, I, I actually was okay with not even taking a quarterback and taking a chance on the better guys coming in next year or the year after. Because I think Eli, if given the right material and the right surroundings, he could have done a little better and played maybe one more year after this. Well, I, I, I from the beginning of the draft, what I wanted was all defense. I wanted – I didn't right. think Allen would be there. I was a Montez Sweat guy. Uh, I loved him. Mm-hmm. If his heart, the heart, yeah. If the heart is not uh, not a thing, Devin White would have been good. All defense, you know. Next year would have been a wash. Six and ten, I don't know. And if they got their hands Get on Josh Allen and Montez, that's a pass rush right there. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a monster. I would have been very happy with that. Nobody was saying anything, like but 
you know, if if Jones turns out to be very good and our quarterback for the next 10, 12, 14 years, I hope he doesn't win number 17 because that'll be Dave Brown all over again. But um, if 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 uh, Jones turns to be this guy, everybody's going to say, Gettleman knew. Or everybody else is going to say, you know what? We were right. They should have won defense. And Gettleman's got to go. So we won't know until yep, we uh, see. You're 100% right about that. And hopefully he did do the right thing and Jones is the guy. Um, Joe, before we let you go, I follow you on Twitter. I would love for you to share to our audience your brutally most honest opinion on Mike Francesa. <laughs> uh, it's one of those, uh, you know, it, it's it's hard enough predicting sports and players. And, and you know, and like I'm, we're doing right now. You know what I mean? We don't know because we don't know. No one knows how anything. When you make a prediction and you're so adamant and smug about it, like you're the end-all, be-all, and then you're consistently wrong, you think you would pull back a little. But it's just, it's just. I mean, you comment on stuff that you have no idea about. You know, I don't know college basketball. I can never tell you about who's coming out and where they're going to do and whatever. And you're consistently wrong. And it's all documented by Funhouse, thank God. Um, A great account. yeah, the, the, one of the best. Uh, it, it's just got to be so embarrassing. But you know what? I guess it just doesn't bother him. And uh, he's making his money. His app is a failure, it seems. Uh, I I would love to see, you know, J.J. from the fan take over his spot. Here's a kid who uh, knows what's going on, follows everything, has got an opinion. I think he could be the number one uh, sports authority and not have any – Inkling about hockey, like pathetic. So uh, I think his time, his, his time is coming on, and uh, it, it's it's a sad thing to like you know a great career. You know it's like watching Willie Mays in '73 with the Mets. You know what I mean? Falling over when he swings. Are you a and fan Joe, of Francesca? Sorry. Are you a fan of Francesca? Um, I've kind of grown into more of a fan of Funhouse in his second duration here, but um, I, I used to be, and then he came back, and I feel like he kind of lost his ways, and uh, I think the, the social media world kind of caught up to him, and he can't keep up with it anymore. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and he came out with the uh, app, revolutionary uh, app that's like 20 years old. <laughs> uh, last one for me, Sopranos. Any uh, you gonna have any hand in on the uh, prequel that's supposedly coming out, or can you tell us anything about it? Oh, I don't know much about it. Um, I don't think any other Sopranos are going to be in it uh, from the original cast. I don't think. Um, and my own opinion is I just, uh, I'm just not sure it's going to be what everyone thinks it's going to be. We know it's going to be dealing with the 67 riots in Newark. So um, I know it's going to be well-written, well-directed, well-photographed. And I anxiously look forward to it. Um, it's just going to give the uh, more life into the Sopranos uh, because it's what ten years that it's off, twelve years. Yep. So yeah. many many kids come up to me and like, you know, my parents watched it. I wasn't old enough. Now I watch it. Start a whole new uh, resurrection of interest. So I look forward to it. I have no idea what it's going to really be about. Well, thanks for joining us today, Joe. That's uh, Joe Ganascoli. You can see him on Twitter, at Joe R. Ganascoli. His website's up there, bobsblitz.com. And uh, he's always cooking at uh, Vincent's Clam Bar as well on Long Island, a great restaurant. Uh, Joe, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again, uh, hopefully in the in the season. And hopefully we're all pleasantly surprised this coming Giants season. Yeah, good luck today. we got 11 minutes. Hopefully the Giants picked uh, eight today, got the 108. they got six picks today. Um, I hope they get that receiver to forget about uh, Dum Dum, and um, we'll move on. Thank you so much, Joe, for joining us here on Over the Top Sports. Okay, pal. Take it easy. All right. That was Joe Ganascoli, Vito from The Sopranos. He is a guest before on the show, diehard Giants fan, who actually, surprisingly, against our grain, is very much for what happened in the draft. 
And we apologize with the connection there in the beginning of the show. Not sure what happened, but uh, sounded clear on our end. Uh, sounded clear for Facebook, I'm told. So uh, glad it worked out, and we were able to hear the interview. But uh, you're right. He, you know, he also um, was fine with the benching of Eli Manning two years ago when we had him on. Right, we had him on right when it happened. He wasn't thrilled that it was Geno Smith. No, but he was fine with the move. He, he is one of those giant fans that is just. Um, it's time to move on from Eli. It's time to bring some new young blood in. And uh, listen, as Giant fans, we're hoping Daniel Jones works out. We're Absolutely. not rooting against this kid. No doubt, no it's doubt. It's just we wanted Josh Allen. Oh yeah, I think it's I think it's a fool to pass on Josh Allen, who has All Pro pass rusher written all over him. And uh, you know, I was going crazy about it. I think it was a dream that he had. He fell to us. Then of course, the team that picks right behind them, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Coughlin gets yeah. to piss his pants at us laughing, and he gets the Josh Allen at, at number seven. We had no business falling there at all. But the thing is, I. I think if you reversed it, if you could take Daniel Jones at 17, you know, a lot of Giant fans, as much as uh, people like myself didn't want a quarterback at all in this draft, right. uh, you, it's more accepting if you went that defense guy that can't miss pass rusher at six, and then you get Daniel Jones at uh, 17, because you know what? How much better is Daniel Jones than, let's say, Will Greer or Drew Locke? And we where do these know. guys go? Right. He could be worse, and he could, I don't think he's that much better. And Personally, he was my number two quarterback off the board after Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. I didn't want Haskins. He went to the Redskins, and it's going to be a little fun uh, – carousel quarterbacks here between Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, and Dwayne Haskins, who actually has a better career, because those guys are going to be compared now nonstop because the Giants passed on both of them. Right. But, I mean, I think it would be a very different, even well, if they went Daniel. For that matter. I think you could throw Rosen in that mix. You could. You know, the value that he went for last night, I'm surprised right. more teams weren't and, and he was the 10th overall pick in last year's right. draft. But I think if it was more, if the Giants did take Josh Allen 6, they would have been more accepting than Daniel Jones at 17. It was just a fact to see how quarterbacks went. Only Dwayne Haskins at 15 went after that sixth pick. So that was tough to swallow. Uh, Denver traded out. Who knows what they would have done? Maybe they would have stayed in. Maybe Jones was their guy. None of us really know. But uh, Dave Gettleman was taking no chances whatsoever. Daniel Jones is the guy. He's the future. And we have to see if it pans out. That's more my issue here, too. I don't know enough to tell you that I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be good or whatever. Or but they but we do know Josh Allen's going to be good. Of course. <laughs> that we know. Agreed. My more issue is is that I feel like they didn't know the draft board, Vinny. And I feel like the Washington Redskins, regardless of what you think of Haskins, they played the game perfectly. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is, draft night. It's, it's leaking smoke screens and seeing what's going to happen, who trades up, who trades back, who's rising, who's falling. The Washington Redskins – potentially walked away with, you could say, we don't know the best quarterback, because we don't know, and the best pass rusher in Montez Sweat. They didn't have to move up to get either of them, and that's where I'm frustrated. The Giants didn't know the draft board. They didn't know that a quarterback would be there at 17, and that's where my anger comes from. Uh, It was just he was taking no risk, no chances at all, and uh, like I said, if you flip-flop it, I'd be fine with this. Um, Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'd still be a little upset if they went Jones at 17, just because, you know, I think they – I'd rather that more sure thing for a quarterback, especially with the Giants. When they took, when they traded for Eli Manning or Phil Rivers, you knew we had the guy. This is going to be right. our guy. And it turned out he was our guy for 15 straight years. Won us two Super Bowls. I want somebody that I know is going to be the quarterback for 10-plus years. And Daniel Jones, I don't really know that. He's from Duke. Name me one player in the NFL from Duke. Can't. You have to Google it. Otherwise, you don't know. They don't, they don't produce pros. And now we're taking the most important quarterback, most important position, the quarterback, from Duke. And we'll see. We'll um, have to see. They like his size. He's a Manning guy. Manning family likes him. Cutcliffe, right? That's all I keep hearing about. Yep. Cutcliffe. Former, former coach at Ole Miss. He yep. coached him over there at Duke. Um, and that, that's the bottom line. I, I guess um, – I don't know why Eli has a say in the next quarterback, but it's, it sounds like he did. Let's talk um, – we, we didn't get into the comments in the press conference uh, before we talked to Joe Ganascoli, but I have a huge issue with Pat Shermer saying keep him off the field. Because it's basically writing on the wall is Shermer wants this kid to come in and start at some point this season, which yeah. I'm telling you now is going to happen. I hope it doesn't Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't even have been mentioned. I hope it doesn't happen. Keep and, this uh, kid off the field? And I was saying to Joe, uh, the Giants finally have a favorable schedule for the first time, but they still have so many holes where it's not going to matter. How many games did they lose on the defensive end the last two seasons? It's going to be the same thing because they didn't do anything to address that defensive needs. But – it's, it's just hard. I'm hoping Eli Manning could do it. I think he has a better line now. He saw at the end of the year with no Odell. I don't think it has, really has everything all to do with it, but maybe it does. Those last four games, Eli Manning played really well, but it was more so because he was getting a 100-yard rusher, and we all know how great he used to play when he was getting 100 yards from Bradshaw, Jacobs, Ward, all those guys. And he was getting that there. The line was holding up. The they were protecting him. Exactly. And if he gives him a good line, I still think Eli Manning can play. I mentioned it to you on Thursday. Ben, Big Ben just got two years. I'm not saying Eli's better than Big Ben. I'm right. not. 
But Big Ben is the guy who gets hurt nonstop. Eli Manning has been very durable for us. He got the two-year extension after contemplating retirement last season. I never thought I'd seen Big Ben play longer than Eli Manning. Uh, let's move on from the Giants pick that we both just – we're not thrilled about. Um, I wrote down some notable picks in my mind, um, good or bad, but sure. we'll start with the Jets. Quinn Williams is an absolute stud. Yes. I thought he – the interviews were great with him. We all saw funny. him, uh, you know, sneezing, saying God bless you, and then thanking himself, which it was pretty funny. But he's going to be a beast. The Jets got a very, very – good player for the next few years no doubt and from Alabama you can't complain Nick Saban recruited him for a reason usually that means he's getting one of the best players number three you you knew this guy wasn't falling any lower than four in this draft because that's the kind of impact player he is baby face too he actually looks like a guy face wise that doesn't like all these guys coming to the draft you're like how is this guy 20 years old how's this guy 21 years old he actually looks like he's 20 years old Uh, number four then which which shocked us and helped us we were all excited about but uh Farrell going to Oakland and we saw the phone call, Mike Mayock saying, you're coming here, leadership, leadership, leadership. That's what we kept hearing about. Um, everybody talked about a great character guy as well. Good player, Vinny, Vinny, but I thought that at four, it was just a tad early. Yeah, not, uh, that opened the door for Devin White or uh, Josh Allen to follow the Giants. So I was extremely pleased with that. I think he is a good player. I think he's getting overlooked. But again, I think Josh Allen might even be the best defensive player in this whole entire draft. So to pass on him, I think is a mistake, but I do think Farrell, again, a Clemson defensive player, you can't go wrong with that. He's a good player, but definitely some eye-openers that early at four. And I wrote down, we keep talking about it, but seven, Josh Allen. Uh, Tom Coughlin said he couldn't run up there quick enough. That is a great, great front seven that pressures the quarterback, Calais Campbell there, mm-hmm. Telvin Smith, the other linebacker, uh, and now you're adding Josh Allen. If Ramsey gets his head out of his ass, that defense really should be what it was two years ago. And we've seen Coughlin do this before. Every mock draft projection of the Jaguars taking offensive tackle, but when you get Josh Allen there, we're taking the best player available. They did that with Jason Pierre-Paul. Yep. Oh, why are we taking another DN? We have OC and Tuck. No, we got a three-way pass rush with the edge. They did the same thing now, getting Josh Allen. They're going to love this boy. 13, Christian Wilkins. Uh, I just, I'm a big fan of him. I love him. I think he's a He's a personality kid. You saw him uh, when they won the national championship, giving a mm-hmm. wet willy to Dabo. You saw Dabo return the favor. <laughs> Vinny, this to me is somebody that Miami really can use. They are, uh, they're going to be a bad team for the next few years in my eyes. But you're adding a personality and a very talented player. I thought it was a great pick. Yeah, absolutely. Again, Clemson's defense, can't go wrong. 15, Dwayne Haskins. And I wrote this down because, again, what I mentioned, it's not knowing the board. And I felt the Giants didn't know the board. The Redskins did. They got the quarterback they wanted. We all heard Dan Snyder wanted Dwayne Haskins. I didn't have to trade up for him. So to me, whether you like Haskins or not, it was a great move by the Washington Redskins. The whole NFL drafted the Redskins draft this year. Right. They didn't have to do any thinking. These You're guys just right. fell right in their laps uh, between Haskins and Sweat. They wanted a quarterback. Who knows where he was ranked on their board. Uh, obviously, the Giants were scared. They would have been interested in Daniel Jones. But nope, they get their guy, Dwayne Haskins, right there at 15. Nobody saw him falling that low. Uh, he said he has a chip on his shoulder. He said they're done messed up now. Yep. And we'll see if he can back it up because he does have a chip on his shoulder now, especially he had the dinners with Eli Manning. The Giants end up passing on him and going another quarterback instead right. on top of it. So, you know, division rival, it's going to be a little extra fuel when we're going against Dwayne Haskins, who was passed by the Giants, and former teammate Landon Collins going against it. So the Washington Giants rivalry has picked up. 16, and I wanted this kid at 17, but Brian Burns, um, I didn't know much about the personality, only what I saw on the field and reading up on him. Great pass rush out of Florida State. Um, goes to the Carolina Panthers. Then you hear the interview on ESPN Radio, and uh, they asked him basically his three things that he does. Hang out with his girlfriend, play Fortnite, and he's a movie buff. He goes to two movies a week. He has an AMC <laughs> movie card. Uh, you know, they said, you know, you're somebody that's just never going to get in trouble, are you? And he goes, I'm a movie guy. I go to the movies by myself all the time. Uh, just the personalities that you hear, Vinny, after the picks are made, it's just – and that was one of them. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean – what what is gonna bother a team doing right. that? As long as you're hitting the weights or uh, the gym, and, uh, that's it. Yeah, and, uh, you're not you're not bothering anybody. You're not causing trouble, and you know he's a good player too out of FSU. One of their few bright spots last season. Uh, Noah Fant, that's twenty to the Broncos, gives Flacco an elite weapon. This kid can flat out ball at tight end. Really a good pass catcher. I was very surprised that he lasted all the way to twenty. Yeah, I think the Broncos are pleased with that too. They traded out of the ten spot with Pittsburgh, and um, I, don't, I guess they weren't set on who they wanted, so they were like, "We can go back." There's a lot of guys we want, and it turned out this is the guy. Who knows? He might have been there at ten. They might have took this guy at ten. You never know. The most predictable pick of the draft, uh, besides Kyler Murray, was Josh Jacobs at twenty-four to the Raiders. Right. I mean, this had writing <laughs> yeah. all over mm-hmm. the wall. Uh, but they got their running back right. Lynch is gone. He got his running back. He got uh, somebody that could take the ball every down. 
Josh Jacobs, the Raiders, 24. Uh, as expected, and uh, it's a good hit fit. And like I said, um, he's no Saquon Barkley, but in the first round running back tiers, when you have the picks the Oakland Raiders do, you go out there, you get your guy, Marshawn Lynch retired. Josh Jacobs will be the new face of that offense now, helping Derek Carr and the young receivers over there and Antonio Brown. And then I wrote down 25, Marquise Brown to Baltimore. Kid get flat out fly, absolutely fly. Lamar Jackson can fly. Just another weapon in that offense that um, I think Jackson's more of a gimmick quarterback and um, – I'm not a huge fan of him, but when you add somebody like that with that speed, it adds another dimension out of that game. Yep, uh, Lamar Jackson's actually better at throwing the deep ball than he is the 10-yard pass. Uh, Hollywood Brown can do that. I'm surprised they didn't do Metcalf, only because, and you know I'm down on him, as, as, yep. as are you, Yep. Uh, only because he's a very good blocker, Metcalf. And I feel like in that Ravens system, you want a guy where you can make tough catches and block the ball and uh, block for him in that Ravens offense. So I thought he would have been a better fit, but you know what? I thought the Eagles had their eye on him, and if I had to hear that name, Hollywood Brown, score against the Giants, I just wouldn't be able to tolerate that. 26, I wrote down Montez Sweat. We already talked about it. Everybody just fell in the lap of the mm-hmm. Redskins, but this is somebody – I really thought this was a top-12 pick, and to go 26, the value is tremendous. And the poor kid at the heart conditions, if this is true, that was misdiagnosed and everything. That's the only reason he fell to where he fell. This mm-hmm. is the kid from Mississippi State who was projected to be a top-10 pick. Yep. So he was supposed to be one of the top pass rushers in his draft, and he falls all the way to the end of the first round. So if he is fine – He's got a chip on his shoulder, too, because of the misdiagnosis, and he got robbed of, like, 16 picks of where he should have went. And we didn't talk about this giant pick, but moving back into the first round for the third pick, DeAndre Baker, um, a shutdown corner, mm-hmm. a good corner. But what you read about now, what I saw today, was uh, a personality kind of rubbed teams the wrong way in mm-hmm. interviews. But He's cocky. Yeah, either way, a tremendous talent. And I don't mind my corner being a little cocky. That's fine, as long as it's not Jalen Ramsey cocky. Fair. But, um, yeah, he's very good. I think he's only given up one touchdown in the last two years of college mm-hmm. football. Georgia, SEC, that's not easy to do. So that says a lot there. But I'm glad they traded up for him. Solid player. And, uh, listen, the Janoris Jenkins days, I don't know how much longer they're going to last. I'm surprised he wasn't traded I along agree. with the, the Harrisons and everybody else that went. So uh, the, they do value the position of corner. We've seen them draft Prince. They draft that Eli Apple. They like having their corner stacked. They don't like going in with a fresh new cornerback. So he'll be the, the third corner now behind Sam Beal, maybe even second. Sam Beal's going to be a rookie too, but right. a little depth there for corner for the Giants. I do like this kid. I wrote down Nikhil Harry to the Patriots, uh, huge size. And I like that they went him over Metcalf. We're not fans mm-hmm. of him, you know. Right. He went in to meet um, to meet the team with his shirt off. It was, it was just so stupid. Yeah, Absolutely but apparently ridiculous. it wasn't his idea. And Pete Carroll does have a personality. So, yeah. And he obviously embraced it. He took his shirt off as well. And we'll talk about him in a minute. But Nikhil Harry, um, great pick if you ask me. You lost size with Gronkowski, right? And uh, you, you don't know what you're going to get on Josh Gordon. You add him. You still have now Edelman, obviously. So just um, I like the pick for the Patriots. And anybody that goes to the Patriots, who knows, right? You, you never know. <laughs> you know. I don't need to know a name. Just give me a exactly. position, and that guy's going to be good. Bottom line, that's let's, what the Pats do. Let's talk Metcalf, though, real quick, because he goes to Seattle, and then we hear that Doug Baldwin's career could be over, yeah. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good player. 30 years old. Yeah, and uh, suffered too many injuries. I think this one's a neck injury that might keep him out the rest of his career. They're leaning that he's going to be out the rest of his career. So now you bring in a guy like Metcalf. I mean, we're not high on him, but no. who knows, right? But uh, it sounds like they desperately needed a receiver as well. And uh, it looks like the whole Legion of Boom, that just a whole Seattle Super Bowl team, yeah. is officially washed out because I think it's just Baldwin and Russell Wilson yeah. who they got left now on, on Wagner. And you would think that that line was much better last year, that they have to become more of just a running team, pound the ball, pound the ball. Right. Um, we didn't hit on Saturday because uh, it really just wasn't out there, but – I'm sorry, when we did the draft preview, excuse me, on right. Thursday, uh, the Tariq Hill situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about how they're not going to have charges on Twitter, and that was last week. Now it comes out that his fiance's friend has all this audio of Tariq Hill and his fiance, and how the fiance lied to the detectives, uh, how Tariq Hill really did break his three-year-old's arm, uh, how Tariq Hill threatened his fiance, you should be scared of me too, and all the audio's out there. You mm-hmm. don't need me to say it, but Vinny, if all this is true, and it appears it is uh, all true. I mean, we're not talking just somebody that's career is over. This is somebody that needs to be in jail. Yeah, it's, uh, it sounds very, very ugly. But again, uh, we've seen these crazy girls back off their statements, even if they come this far exposing it. And uh, we'll see if this happens with the charges. But uh, the charges, I'm sorry. But um, the Chiefs, uh, that, that's a tough loss for the Chiefs as a, as a player. We all know the connection him and Mahomes had, that rocket arm and that speed is lethal. But I mean, just be a man of society here for a second and realize 
This guy's not even – I think it's worse to beat your child than it is to beat your wife. Not that either are okay. No, but I agree but, with you. But I think that's, that's 10 times worse than a child. Right, exactly. There's no defense whatsoever from that. So it's a very serious thing, and we'll see how it goes. But either way, Tyreek Hill, you're right. Uh, this should go further than the NFL if this is true. And the audio is out there, like we mentioned. Um, just a You need to be scared of me. Right. <laughs> uh, a conversation that uh, supposedly you don't know that it's being recorded between Tariq Hill and the mm-hmm. fiancé and uh, – the child taken out of the home, the three-year-old child who's innocent in all this and unfortunate mm-hmm. that this is all out there. And uh, I mean, a three years old, you know, again, this will be out there in a few years from now and he'll be able to read everything. Just so unfortunate, right. but uh, somebody that truly needs to be in jail. And I have an issue with the Kansas city chiefs because, and, and Roger Goodell for that matter, because Roger Goodell was asked about this situation by Sam Ponder on ESPN before the draft. And he said, well, Sam, and, and basically in his cocky, arrogant attitude too, <laughs> Let all the facts come out, Sam. Let all the facts come out, and, and then we'll decide. Well, now all the facts are out, and he still hasn't made a decision. But he has the time to go out there and tweet the video of Christian Wilkins trying to give him a chest bump. <laughs> it's absurd. And the as far as the Chiefs go, for that matter, Vinny, they cut Kareem Hunt. They had no issue doing so mm-hmm. so quickly. Right. But uh, running back's easier to replace than a talent like Tariq Hill. But, I mean, let's go. You can't just say he's suspended from team activities pending uh, you know, the rest of the investigation. Cut his ass now. And, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do it. But, obviously, losing Hunt and Hill, we're talking about two valuable, valuable assets. As matter. you all know from your fantasy teams, to see these guys go early in the in the rounds. But you're right. Uh, things have got to get done. In the NFL, Roger Goodell is petrified for these suspensions and these, uh, these punishments because we know how many times over and over again he's dropped the ball with them. Any other picks? Uh, I really basically went through the first round with you. Any picks from last night, rounds two, rounds three, that really jumped out at you? We saw Will Greer go, Drew Locke to Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, any picks jump out at you as real good value or something you're going to keep an eye on? No, not really. Not really, honestly. Um, I know the Giants draft that he got from Old Dominion. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't watched one day. Old Dominion, but uh, pass rusher. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I mean, uh, this is where you find the steals. These are the guys that we don't know about that we hope our GMs do know about. So we'll see. Who becomes a name now that none of us are really too familiar with these days? Last two things before we wrap up the NFL draft. I have a huge issue with Gettleman not knowing what conference Haskins in, whether he <laughs> wants to take him or not. And I just have an issue with him at the Big press conference, conference saying know that. Um, that he's tired at this point and, and was wrapping up the interview. I mean, give me a break. Get over yourself. Well, he's been the talk of the draft ever since six. Yeah, and not he's in a good everyone, way. yeah, he's had everybody down his throat, and who knows? Maybe he's right. Hopefully he's laughing at uh, me and you and all the other Giant fans saying, I told you so, not Joe Ganascoli. Right. But uh, hopefully Joe and Gettleman are right, and this is the guy. We'll have to see. Um, I was very hard on him, and hopefully I'm swallowing my words. We'll see. Let's move on. 12.07 here over the top sports. Later start time than usual. Uh, we were joined earlier by Joe Ganascoli talking the NFL draft. We'll segue into baseball, Vinny. And uh, a lot of prospects last night. We had three top 50 prospects make their debut last night and one uh, top 10 prospect get hurt. But we'll start with Carter Kaboom, one for four, home run, eighth inning, and uh, tied the game at the time. Uh, supposed to be a highly regarded prospect. I don't know how long he's up. They don't want to use him at second base. Trey Turner will eventually be back. But this is the number, I think he was number 15 or so in all of baseball up playing right now with the Washington Nationals, who just seem every week they could pull out a top prospect out of that. Yeah, head. seriously, where do these guys do their recruiting? Because uh, just when you think they use them all, they're all in the system now. Mm-hmm. There's still plenty down there. But um, he hit the home run the eighth, the tie, very, very clutch. The Nationals do fall. There's a lot of great baseball games yesterday. There was. They should just use him and just cut ties with Brian Dozier or send him down because this guy is batting under 200. Yep. And when he's down there, he is not worthy because he's not hitting the home runs now either. So Dozier has just been a complete bust for Washington to start the year. I would get him out of there and keep the kid in there as Will Sparkplug. I think you imagine an infield of Rendon, Turner, Cabo. I mean, that we're talking one of the best young infields in all of baseball. Yep, and they already have one of the best outfields, you could say, right. young outfields. So sure. just, just like that, that's why that goes to show you they were not going to up their offer for Bryce Harper because they had a lot of people to take over for him. Vlad uh, Guerrero Jr. making his debut, Vinny. Did you see the video that his father posted, MLB posted? Beautiful. Awesome. Beautiful. Awesome. No crying in baseball, but, I mean, you, you make the exception here or there. He had a double last night in the ninth inning uh, and helped the team uh, win the game. I think there's a lot of expectations on this kid, and I was worried about that. And then you watch his batting practice where he's hitting moonshots oh my off the God. glass, he's and you're show. just like, wow. He's a show. And who knows, maybe he'll be competing for a million dollars this July just like that for the home run yeah. derby because he's a, he's a spectacle to watch a batting practice. Justice Sheffield, he was in the Paxton trade. He made his debut last night. In just an idiotic plan by Seattle to let Kikuchi go one inning, he's going to start to rest him, but to keep you know him on track or whatever. 
Bring in Sheffield out of the bullpen. Three innings, two runs, three Ks. Struggled. 75 pitches, only 39 strikes. I still like this kid going forward. I don't like that you asked him to come in relief. I just yeah. don't understand that at all. Didn't like that. Didn't even like you asking your um, over overseas pro, uh, pro, uh, prospect, uh, Kukuchi, just go one inning to start the game. Uh, right. I know everyone's trying to get cute like the Tampa Bay Rays now. This isn't actually Jesus' uh, debut. He did pitch a couple out of the pen with the Yankees, I forgot. But it was his Seattle Mariners debut. Yes. So I, I actually was corrected on our Twitter about that. But either way, I feel like if you were just going to throw him in there, let him just go to three innings to start the game instead of just jumping in there. It's just a complete different dynamic of how to enter a game, whether you're starting or coming out of the pen. And for a young kid to just go through there when he's supposed to be a starter, I just find that stupid. I agree. Aloy Jimenez comes back from bereavement. He missed most of the week, comes back last night. Goes up onto the wall. It's up on our Twitter trying to make a catch to rob a home run. Ankle gets stuck in the padding of the wall. He goes down. He gets helped off the field. Diagnosed sprained ankle. I'd be shocked if he wasn't already placed on the injury list. I haven't seen it. I'd be shocked if he's not, though. And it's just unfortunate because now he was off to a slow start. Then he misses the week because of the bereavement list. Now if he misses time with this, it's just somebody at uh, the number two ranked baseball Mm -hmm. prospect that is just he can't get going. Right, right. It's a a shame. And uh, he hasn't hit as many home runs as he thought he would, but he's still that elite prospect. Uh, the White Sox need their prospects to stay healthy and get going because they need the season under the belt because it looks like next year or the year after is the year they're going to be finally competing. But their game last night, did you catch any of the White I Sox? I saw team? Tim Anderson oh my really God. spiked the bat yeah. after the walk-off. Oh, yeah. Right? I was surprised he didn't just throw it in the crowd at this point uh, <laughs> for a walk-off home run the way he's been bat flipping. But um, what, what a game. And Jose Abreu came up big for them as well. He did. Carlos Rodon looked absolutely terrible. I started him in DraftKings last night. Just garbage. Negative points? Uh, negative three. <laughs> negative three, I believe. Yeah. So just uh, garbage from him. Miguel Cabrera hitting a home run. Castellanos hitting a home run. That Detroit offense starting to come around. Those two big guys. They've been quietly sneaky competitive so far. They have. I know it's early. Yeah. Shane Green also, who they're looking to trade, has been doing yep. his job as a closer. So that's good signs from Tiger fans. I just can't see guys like Boyd um, and the other starting pitching keeping it up. No, me I, either. And Boyd's not... been one of the best pitchers right now, statistically. In baseball, right. right. Um, Angels news, uh, Griffin Canning coming up on Tuesday. And let me tell you, his AAA numbers, 16 innings so far, 17 strikeouts, two walks, ERA 0.56, 22 years old. He is a legit starting pitching prospect. I don't think they'll push him with the innings limit. Uh, I think they'll be very careful with him, but, and they called up a, an infield prospect this week also, who's supposed to be very good. And I just feel like now, Vinny, that they, now they've signed Trout, it's more of like, we kind of have to give this kid something. Mm-hmm. We have to give Trout some sort of help. Calling this kid up. Skaggs didn't look bad last night either. Perhaps the Angels turning a little bit slowly. But here. there's just so much to build around that Mike Trout. They had the aging first baseman, obviously. Right. Uh, the the lineup's just been crap, especially with Justin Upton out and their whole yep. rotation. Who do you who can you count on? You can't. There's nobody. Even their pen is not that great either. I know Ty Buttery was uh, lights out until the Yankee game the other yeah. night, but Cody uh, Allen just hit the DL. Hansel Robles. I'm sure you could tell the fans over there they're not going to see this Hansel Robles all year. Uh, the intro is awesome. I wish he had the intro with the New York Mets. The Undertaker music, a white horse running through the field. It's just, it's brilliant. It is cool. I'm surprised nobody's used the Undertaker's music to come in. I agree. Closer. I'm I surprised agree. it took this long. Yep. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, Vinny, last night, his third rough start in a row. I expected I, this one. I, I think I you did, did too. too. I did I too. I think you did too. I Once you saw that delay. Yep. Uh, I, we tweeted about it. I wouldn't have started him I, with the whole delay thing. I'm more concerned about, though, Third rough start in a row. ERA is 4.85. The elbow barking nonsense. I'm a tad concerned here, and I want to know that he's okay. And if there's any sort of fatigue, injury, anything, he should be shut down for two weeks immediately. And this would not be the first time the Mets training staff has messed somebody up right. or misdiagnosed somebody. So DeGrom, we'll see. Uh, I'd like to blame just the time off and the delay on why he lost a very good Brewers offensive team. But uh, we'll see when he goes back out there and with uh, the appropriate rest, and we'll see how he goes. It's Jake DeGrom, so if he sucks next outing, then I'll be worried. As you guys Milwaukee also, a good offensive right. team. But I'm still three in a row. We didn't see this last year. We didn't see one last year. So And all his warm-ups were delayed like three hours for right. the game. I mean, I'm going to give him a pass on this one. If he sucks again, though, then, then I'm going to start buying into something's up with him. Noah Syndergaard goes today, who's been horrible as well and really needs a good showing. He's somebody that's run his mouth this offseason also, so I'm mm-hmm. interested to see what he does. I hate Noah, man. I, I hate that do. guy. We know. <laughs> um, Vinny, starting pitching has not been good from the big-name starting pitchers, and I'll read you a few. You tell me worried or not. Garrett Cole, he pitched well, and most of these guys pitched well this week. I should mention that. So maybe we're getting a start, uh, you know, the turn here on the corner. Garrett Cole, 1-4, took a tough loss this week, but 4.71 ERA, 
you're worried at all? I'm worried because, you know what, last year I thought was kind of a fluke. I don't think he was ever that good. And last year he put together an unbelievable season yep. for the Astros. And I just never thought he had that in him. And uh, this is somebody uh, who I was on the edge of wanting to come to the Yankees. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think he's not as good as he was last year. I think that was his career year. We'll never see anything like that again from him. Uh, I'm not worried. And I actually thought he would be a top three starting pitcher by the end of the year. He was a young pick, right? He, yes, he was. He, the stuff is just awesome. Um, I think it's just more of a slow start for him. And he'll figure it out. Aaron Nola, he's 2-0. and Vinny got the win. Um, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, he did get the win the other night. But a 5.68 ERA, you worried about him? A little bit, too, because you know what? Outside of last year, what have we seen from Aaron Nola as right. well? So um, I was, I had big things. He's actually my NL Cy Young pick. So here we go. We're off to a hot start for the yeah. season with these two guys. But um, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. It's early in the year. We'll see if he can settle down. But, yeah, Nola has not been off to a good start. I'm a little concerned as well just because the curveball is really what's missing from him, and that's his money pitch. So um, you figure maybe it's a little cold. He's, he's not feeling a grip. Weather warms up. Perhaps that'll get better. But... And he was quietly, like, almost as good as the Grom and Scherzer last year. He was just getting lost in the mix between yeah. those guys for Cy Young. He, he was, was in right the conversation. There, right. He was right there, though, not getting enough love that he should have got, but now not rebounding from last year. We already year. mentioned the Grom won't hit it on him again. Max Scherzer, 1-3. and three. Um, pitched well last night. Again, I mentioned this list. They all pitched well this week besides the ground, but a 4.12 ERA, you worried about Mad Max. Not worried at all, but I do agree with um, your boy on your uh, fantasy podcast on Monday. Adam Ronis said he gives up a lot of home runs, and I think we're seeing more and more as years come that he's giving up more and more. But with the strikeout stuff he's got, I'm never worried with Mad Max. Uh, yeah, he would be the least that I'm worried about on this list, actually. And a, a pretty good buy low opportunity. That window's probably about to close. I see a lot of people are trying to trade him on me. You get a lot of requests here on oh, Twitter. I, Mad Max. Mm-hmm. I saw one person today willing to take Shane Bieber and I forget the other star. Uh, and it Marcus Stroman. It wasn't good. I don't And I hope you told them no. <laughs> I said you keep Mad Max. Stroman's the <laughs> ultimate sell high. If you take that trade, I got an opening in my league for you next mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. You can't do that trade. No way. <laughs> Chris Sale, 0-4, 7.43 ERA. Pitched against Detroit this week, five innings, 10 strikeouts. To me, watching that game, something's missing, man. That killer instinct, that put-away pitch, a ton, a ton of pitches early on. Um, 10 strikeouts, it looks fine in the box score, Vinny. But there's a little concern still for me here. Very, very concerned because this is a guy who's always gotten off to good starts in his career, and then he crumbles in September. And now we're seeing him crumble in April. And that's just something we haven't seen from Chris Sale. So, yes, something is up with him. But I'd like to think the Red Sox wouldn't have paid him all that money without doing their homework. Yeah, so, right. who knows? We'll see. 12 20 here over the top sports. And uh, let's get into NBA, NHL, Vinny. Last night, the Golden State Warriors, and it took way too long, if you ask me, but they wrap up the series and uh, close game till the half. And then uh, just a, a bit of a pull away. But Kevin Durant drops 50 points, and mm-hmm. the Golden State Warriors, and what we all knew, move on. They had a 19-point lead at half, what it seemed close, but that's because Kevin Durant took over. I mm-hmm. forgot how many points he put up in the second, but yeah, he had like 37 points just in the first half alone. Mm-hmm. So KD went off. The Clippers did give them a run for their money, and um, let me tell you something. The Clippers also made the Golden State Warriors' price a lot cheaper for us Warriors betters, who was going to be taking them against the Rockets in the next round, but that's the matchup. We've all been dying to yep. see. This is the matchup of the whole playoffs. Forget about the Eastern Conference uh, Finals because this is pretty much the Western Conference Finals right now. Warriors, Rockets. Rockets are out for blood. Does James Harden show up or do we see the James Harden of old? The loss of DeMarcus Cousins. It's going to be a great, great series. And I think the Rockets actually might be able to pull it off. But there's no way I'm ever betting against Golden State. Two games today that are starting. Uh, we have game one, 76ers, Raptors. And then we have game seven, Spurs, Nuggets. Let's hit on the game seven first as we wrap up the first year. You, when we previewed the NBA a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago now, I believe, you said this could be the series, and I agreed with you because of Greg Popovich. Mm-hmm. Nuggets so good, so good at home, but this is Greg Popovich. This is the playoff Spurs. There's just something about that, and, and game seven, I mean, really, it's a toss-up. Look at Greg Popovich's resume. Mm-hmm. Look at anybody on the Denver Nuggets resume. Players, coaches, just look at it. They don't match up inexperience over there in Denver. This is game seven, do or die. I know they've been great at home all year, and the Spurs weren't great on the road, but they're getting too many points tonight. Six. Love them with the points tonight, and guess what? I'm going to dabble a little money line because, like you mentioned, I picked them to win the series, and I ain't backing down like the Spurs tonight. 76ers, Raptors, and what should be a good series, actually, uh, coming out of the East. And uh, you would have to think that um, one of these two teams could be even the favorite to come out of the East. I'm sure the Celtics are there fine, but um, – Toronto's giving six and a half starts in Toronto. Give me your thoughts on that. I actually think the other series is a lot more appealing to me. You do? I do. Um, I think the Raptors are going to be okay against the Sixers. Um, I say it all the time. Independent contractors on the Sixers. They don't play team ball. Sure, Simmons gets the 10 assists, but that's because he can't shoot. 
Uh, Joel Embiid could slow down that offense. Uh, Tobias Harris still doesn't look like he fits in with them. I just don't buy into the 76ers as a team. Toronto plays team basketball, and Kawhi Leonard is peaking again, where he's getting his name next in the top three of NBA players in the league. And you mentioned that other series. To me, I I think the Bucs run away with this, to be honest with you. I just, I just think they're mm. too good. I really do. I think do. the Celtics, if they play their game, I love them with the points in game one. I, and, I, and, and I know more. Yeah, I love the seven, I love the seven and a half game one. I'm not saying they're going to win game one, but they, they should cover. The Celtics look great in the first round. They started playing the Celtics basketball we were expecting them to. Don't overlook them just because they're a fourth seed. Brad Stevens is a genius, and if Kyrie Irving's playing team basketball the way this team can play, and they could D up better than anybody, this is a team that's going to get overlooked, and I'm telling you they're going to cover that seven and a half. And tomorrow, uh, Rockets-Warriors, you mentioned discount Warriors. The spread is six, and that has to be one of the lower spreads we've Mm -hmm. seen from the Warriors all year. For you parlayers out there, this needs the money line needs to be a parlay. If you get the Warriors that cheap and not like a minus 500, that's probably going to be like a minus three-something money line, I would imagine. Put them in your parlays. Enjoy Golden State at home. And um, we'll see. We'll see if the time off of the Rockets hurt. But at the same time, we know James Harden can go off at any moment and step up. And Chris Paul is not hurt this time yet. So we'll <laughs> see. The Rockets, definitely bad blood from last year. Uh, two hockey games last night here. As, uh, we get a segue into that. And the Carolina Hurricanes beating the New York Islanders in Brooklyn. Uh, one nothing. And I saw multiple people that I trust uh, as Islander fans and uh, – saying that the atmosphere just wasn't good. And right. Rob was even one of them saying mm-hmm. that, sure, Brooklyn, you know, more money, more suites, more revenue, but the atmosphere was not Nassau Coliseum. It wasn't that loud. I hate the New York Islanders. <laughs> I put them up there with, I mean, I won't get into the Yankees. Any, I hate them more than the Yankees. I do. I, my worst enemy and the New York Islanders are on the same level. That's my hate for the New York Islanders. But I, I do think that this series should have been at the Nassau Coliseum, and I think it's a crime that the NHL has it in Brooklyn. I and do. That's why. Not because I hate the Islanders as well. And I shouldn't say I hate the Islanders. I hate the Islander fans. I hate I everything. I can't stand their fans more than the I can. The colors, the dragon, everything about the New York Islanders. <laughs> I'm with you. We could definitely do a roast uh, the rest of the eight minutes we have here in Over the Top Sports. But, uh, yeah, without a doubt, uh, the Barclays Center is going to be the demise of them this series. Uh, I agree. Losing a game on the road already. I think game one, they have to win game one. Now they're playing with their backs against the wall, kind of. Carolina coming off a huge Game 7 win against the defending champs. Yep. A lot of momentum running with the Hurricanes. But, yeah, the Barclays Center, it's just not the Coliseum. The Coliseum, we know how loud it can get, how small it is in there, but that's good for the atmosphere. Uh, there's a freaking Honda SUV in the corner of the net over there at the Barclays Center. The scoreboard not matched up. It's just not a place for hockey. I don't care how many people you can fit in there. It is not the same atmosphere, and that's going to hurt the Islanders this series, home ice or not. I agree with you. Robert Leonard was absolutely fantastic last night, as was Peter Morazic. And uh, that's a tough game for Leonard, man. It if is. you lose one nothing, it is. That's yep. a tough game for him, and he's been phenomenal. Yeah, and that goal came in overtime. Uh, Jordan Stoll with the overtime winner there for the Carolina Hurricanes, and uh, I think game two would be tomorrow, which is Sunday, I think. Yep, yep. tomorrow. So tomorrow, three o'clock. It's the afternoon game. Uh, the other game last night was the Sharks and the Avalanche, and it seems like Vinny that the the San Jose Sharks get down early and then you know something starts clicking and end up pulling up a win. We sort the whole series uh, last series with them, but um, I think I thought they were going to have a hard time with the avalanche with the avalanche's speed and McKinnon and that first line, Mm -hmm. but um, really they didn't, they turned it on and this team looks awesome. The avalanche was a very popular bet, at least from a a source of my own that Mm -hmm. you might be familiar with. Uh, A lot of people taking the Colorado avalanche, but the sharks, they're playing with house money now. They absolutely are. The way they won that game seven, I, I know it shouldn't have been a major, and I think Vegas got robbed. And I think Vegas, let's move a little side over here. They got sure. apologized by the league they did. for that. They said it shouldn't have been a five-minute major or whatever it was. And they apologized like it was nothing. They, had, they got New Orleans Saints treatment. They did. You know, the Saints were obviously in a bigger game, but they got robbed. The, the Vegas Knights literally got robbed in that game. But the Sharks, because of that reason, are now playing with house money, and they showed it in game one. A lot of people like the Avalanche after their uh, big-time win against the uh, uh, Predators. The Sharks at home, though, as bad as they play at the end of the year, I think they got everything going because, as you mentioned, when they're down, they come back. There's fight in that team. There's heart in that team. And now with the Pavelski injury, they're playing for that guy as well. I really, really think the Sharks come out of the West now. Um, I think they have a very good chance. And Brett Burns had a goal, three assists last night. Just uh, awesome. Brings us to today, a couple games today. And uh, Stars, Blues, Blue Jackets, Bruins. And we'll hit on that because the Stars and the Blue Jackets with the big upsets both go down uh, in their first games against these teams. Uh, Stars, Blues, Vinny. If, it, if you're asking me, I like the Blues again today, man. That kid Binghamton, the goalie, has been awesome. It's in St. Louis. I understand 
uh, you know, Dallas is almost playing with moment, uh, you know, house money as right. well. But um, there's something about that Blues team, especially towards the end of that year where they started clicking and started finding it. And I like the Blues today at 3 o'clock. I'm not as sold on the Blues as you are, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I still think Dallas has some fight, but that's a series you're, I'm probably not going to put $1 on the oh, yeah, whole yeah. entire series. I think it's too tough. I think they match up very, very well. But Columbus and the Bruins, Columbus, enjoy your ride. That sweep against the Lightning that nobody saw coming. Hats off to you. That was phenomenal. You costed me a shitload of money, though. <laughs> but um, either way, great story. That goes to show you the NHL playoffs, how unpredictable they are. But you ran into the Bruins, and the Bruins are not going to fall and fall over and roll over like the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning did. The Bruins are going to win again. They're going to go 2 nothing. I had the Bruins winning this in five. Uh, I don't know about five, but uh, maybe six for me. But uh, I love the Bruins tonight. I absolutely do. I think Columbus – just um, maybe it's a it's a down game now. You know, they, there's so much momentum from beating Tampa, from sweeping Tampa. The Boston Bruins are a very, very good team that have been in the playoffs before that beat the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, in seven games. Now, almost um, a sigh of relief, if you ask me, from the Boston Bruins from knocking out Toronto. Mm-hmm. So I love the Bruins today as well. I agree with you. Uh, Sharks tomorrow, Islanders tomorrow, like we mentioned. Um any bets today? We have baseball starting up in about a half hour here. Um, I know for just from me looking at it, I am on Jose Barrios and the Twins minus one and a half. Absolutely love that. You're game on a there. major favorite? No way. Well, I'm giving the one and a half. I usually don't give the <laughs> oh, one. Oh, wow. Yeah, you don't do the wrong one. Jose okay. Barrios at home. I've, I mean, if you listen to this or the baseball that I do uh, at all, his numbers at home are usually fantastic, mm-hmm. so I do like him there uh, against the Baltimore Orioles. And the Twins have just been putting up runs and right. runs and runs Nelson on the Baltimore Cruz, Orioles. Two yep, two night. home runs last night. Eddie Rosario has 11 home runs yep. on the year, very, very quietly. The Twins have been beating up on the Orioles. they got their best pitcher. I love them as well. I'm going to jump with you. Run line it is. Wow. Look at Run that, line huh? it is. You sold me. <laughs> That's supposed to be my job, but you sold me. Any other games uh, on the baseball slate uh, or NBA even for that matter, you, there was a few point spreads that you saw there that you, you liked. Um, Spurs? Spurs, um, you know, here's a little tease for you. There are six points each. Tease the Spurs up. Tease the Warriors down. I like it. Warriors win outright. Spurs, they're going to cover. I think they cover that six, maybe even win outright. But if you want to jump another four points, make it a double digit, that's a lock. Talk, um, we'll talk Yankees here for just uh, the last three minutes of the show. Loving and, this uh, West Coast trip, Big Mike. I mean, so far, it's been it's been decent to you. But um, New York okay. Giant pick in. Would you like me to announce it? I would, actually. All right. Cornerback from Notre Dame. Julian Love. So another corner. He was um, Jenkins, uh, Sam Beal, um, Haskins, and um, uh, what's his name? Who am I missing? This guy, Julian Love. Baker, <laughs> Baker who they just drafted. The Baker, that's what right. I meant, not Haskins. Um, <laughs> you would think then Janoris Jenkins' days have to be numbered at some point. Yeah. Um, maybe he's making a ton of money. Maybe even off this offseason. We'll right. see. And I know that you would expect that earlier, but we'll see. Still a lot of picks to go, and you never know how these guys pan out, as uh, Joe Ganascoli said. Are they eventually going to take another pass rush or offensive lineman? I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> and um, as we keep going further in the draft, the likeness of them being a big-time factor, um, they just decrease. But we'll see. They definitely get a wide receiver, for that matter. I was I like Joe's pick with uh, Hakeem Butler. You know, I don't think they're going to do receiver. They might. Uh, they have a lot of picks where they you usually do when you have that many picks. But um, we'll see. Yeah, I would like that as well. Vinny, uh, the New York Yankees, yeah, they won. Um, brought in Cameron Maven. Uh, the outfield is just not New York Yankee-like anymore. Starting outfield last night was uh, Talkman, <laughs> uh, Cameron Maven, and uh, who am I missing here from the starting outfield? Um, Estrada? Hey, man, but these guys have been winning. They have. These guys been. have been winning. The other night, uh, it was huge. It was Talkman, Wade, uh, Ford, and Urshela, who started the rally for the Yankees when they were down 5 nothing. Does that give you confidence as a Yankee fan that once we start getting healthy, um, the pitching looks great. Paxton now seems to have found it. Right. Um, does it give you now a confidence that once the bats come back, the Red Sox still struggling. Tampa Bay, we think, will fall off eventually. Do you have a sense of confidence or are you still a little hesitant? Yeah, I do. I mean, we're doing this without our big guns, and these guys are actually stepping up. I know their numbers and names are not pretty whatsoever, but the Yankees um, winning a West Coast trip like this is huge. This is, I know the Angels and the Giants aren't very good, but to – Go out west with half your team injured and winning these games, it's awesome to see. And these guys are really stepping up. It's been great. 
but we need to get these guys back because I'm tired of seeing Brett Gardner in the top five of the lineup and all these names as great as, uh, you know, I shouldn't say as great, but as serviceable as, as they've been. And the bullpen is basically what you dream of last night. Canley, Britton, out of Eno, Chapman, no runs. I mean, that is... Well, Britton, he walked the whole bases loaded out of Eno, right. comes in, gets the big pay. That's why we, why we paid that guy. We know how nasty his stuff is. He came in at the right time. That was his biggest, biggest uh, moment with the Yankees so far. But still, the bullpen, no runs. I mean, that is mm-hmm. what you signed and up And I for. love the Yankees today. They're minus 120. They're facing Derek Holland. I like that more than J.A. Hat pitching. Nice, cheap, minus 120. They should have no problem rocking Holland in that uh, stadium over there. Vinny, final thoughts here as we wrap up the Saturday show. Non-sports related, um, end games. If you don't like superhero movies, this is still a great movie. Do yourself a favor and see it. I was blown away with it last night. And that does it for me. Thanks to Joe Ganascoli, Vito from Sopranos, for joining us. Uh, listen, Another day of the draft. Hopefully the Giants bring in some sort of pass rush. I don't want to hear Dexter Lawrence can pass rush. He's 345 pounds. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Baseball show will be on Monday and Swing with the Shark on Wednesday.